If you didn't bring a Bible tonight, raise your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles. Let's all go to 2 Peter, the third chapter, 2 Peter 3, and the 16th verse, 2 Peter 3.16. He's talking about Paul, said in his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, to their own destruction. The Amplified said, uh, ignorant and unstable people twist and misconstrue to their own destruction. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be Glory both now and forever. Amen. He mentions people who uh, twist the scriptures. People that are uh, unlearned, ignorant. And you know, you can have uh, five degrees and be ignorant. Hmm? Be ig- you know, you might be knowledgeable of this and be ignorant of that. But here he's talking about being ignorant of God and ignorant of his word. And so because of that ignorance and because of that instability, there are people who twist the scriptures and uh, misconstrue them, make them say things that the, the scripture didn't say. And as a result of that, there are people who uh, have been confused and people's faith has been undermined. And people that maybe at one point thought they were pretty confident about what they believed and they got to listen to these people twist the scriptures and get confused and get unstable. So does it matter what you listen to? Who you listen to? It it does. Oh, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Some things are absolutely life. They are life and healing and peace, and they'll lift you up and set you free and increase you. And some things, other things, are absolutely poison. I'm talking about teaching and preaching. Poison. It'll absolutely confuse you and um, get you twisted up and undermine your faith, and that can make you vulnerable to the attack and work of the enemy. Lead you off into a a wrong area and a wrong thing. So this deals with all areas. But what we uh, are dealing with right now is the area of healing. And there are people who have taken scriptures concerning healing, sickness. And made them say things that they don't really say. And used it to try to prove that. God's not healing everybody or it's not God's will to heal everybody or any number of things. And it's sad that millions believe these twisted teachings instead of what the word really says. So we've been taking some of the main questions that people stumble over one by one. And I want us to continue with that uh, tonight. If you haven't been with us, we've already covered a lot of ground. We dealt with the question, does God make people sick? 
And we looked at numerous scriptures that seem to say that he did or does. And we, you know, all the scriptures have to agree. Where do you find the answer to scripture questions? In the scriptures. How do you rightly divide the scriptures with other scriptures? So uh, we dealt with that. Does God make people sick? Also, we dealt with the question, what about Job? What about what happened to him? You know, it seems uh, amazing that people that want to talk about Job uh, miss the end of the story. Job got healed. Healed and delivered and wound up with twice as much stuff. Didn't he? People talk about poor old Job. You're using the wrong word. It's rich Job. (laughs) But we talked about Job. And then we asked the question, what about the chastening of the Lord? We dealt with that. We also talked about, what about scriptures that seem to say, or people say that they say that some are sick for the glory of God? What about that? We, We dealt with that. What about suffering for the Lord? What about scriptures that seem to say that? We dealt with a number of those. Then we dealt a bit with with what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? And then uh, last time we were teaching on this, we asked the question, or dealt with the question, why are good people sick? Why do good people, good Christian people, ministers, whoever, die young or are not healed. Well, let's go on with that tonight. And, and if you haven't been with us, you ought to get the previous teachings. Uh, won't cost you anything. Go back in the Word Supply. Get you a DVD. Get you a CD. It costs something, but it won't cost you anything. You can download it uh, on the Internet in its entirety. Uh, you can watch the video and uh, no charge, no charge. No charge means no excuse for not getting it, not knowing it. So this is important. The, the truth will make you free from the confusion that so many people are in concerning these areas. I want us to continue with this uh, question, why are good people sick? Go with me, if you would, again to... Uh, Luke, the 13th chapter, we looked at this last week, and I don't think we got through with it. I think we need to camp on it some more, because this is, uh, oh my, different religions, all different philosophers, uh, people have written book after book after book about why do bad things happen to seemingly great people, and it's just one of those mysteries that, uh, you know, nobody will ever answer. That is not true. It's already answered in the Bible. Now, first of all, you have to, we we dealt with this, uh, when you say, well, I just don't understand. You know, so-and-so died young, and they were, he's a good man. Sister so-and-so, she's a wonderful Christian, and she, uh, you know, she was sick for 20 years and never did receive her healing. Man, she loved the Lord with all of her heart. And she just in church every time the doors open and give, give, give and visit and do all this. And I just don't understand that, you know. Why, uh, why wouldn't she heal? If the Lord was going to heal anybody, you'd think he'd heal her or he'd heal them. Why are good people 
And we answered the question. We said it is for exactly the same reasons anybody else would be sick. Anybody you might think is not quite as good as this person. And you got to define this word good. (laughs) You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, good master. What good thing can I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, "Uh, why are you calling me good? What are you talking about good? There's only one good. That's God. And so uh, you've got to watch about looking at people and trying to size them up and thinking what they ought to have. Because the truth is you don't know them. And you don't know their life. I'm not trying to imply something negative. I'm just saying there is nobody among us that hasn't made mistakes. Did I say something wrong? (laughs) There's nobody among us that has done everything uh, exactly the way that they should have, uh, hadn't come short in some ways, and haven't made some mistakes in some ways. Uh, The problem is this with this sense of entitlement about what somebody should have, and the implication is it's owed to them. God owes them. And that is never true. I had a lady come to me one time and she's just all upset about this uh, uh, relative of hers that had, you know, they had prayed and prayed over them and they were such a good person and they didn't receive their healing and they died relatively young and, and, and she was mad at God, which is dumb. Don't care who it is or what your circumstance is, you know, being being mad at the only one with the answer, (laughs) the only one that can help you is a foolish thing to do. And if you really knew God, you would know he has never been your problem. He has never been your problem and he never will be your problem. God is good. He's good. That's not just a phrase. He is. He's good. And I assure you, in situations that you are scratching your head and might have puzzled you, might have bothered you, in time to come, when you learn about the whole situation and see what it was, you'll go, oh, oh, okay. And you'll realize God was more gracious than you would have asked him to be. He was more kind. He was absolutely fair in everything he did or did not do. Hmm? God has never been your problem. And to be mad at him or miffed at him just shows your ignorance and your foolishness. Shows you're not seeing some things. You're believing some lies. Do you know who comes to steal and kill and destroy? It's not God. It's not your Jesus. Right? If you're going to be upset with anybody, be upset with him, the devil, and the person who you see in the mirror. It's between those two that your problems are. So when you say, well, they were such a good person. This lady was all upset and she's 
telling me, you know, they did this and they did that and they did this and they did the other. And I said, well, dear, I said, what does that have to do with her being healed? She visited the sick. She worked in the church. I said, great. But what does that have to do with her being healed? She looked at me like I'd slapped her with a wet dish towel. She said, well, she was such a good person. I said, great. But what does that have to do with her being healed? Well, she worked so hard for the Lord. She was such a good prayer. I said, great, wonderful. But what does that have to do with her being healed? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Because if it did, that would mean God owed her a healing because she was such a good Christian. And if he owed her a healing because she was such a good believer, then her healing would have been obtained by her works. I mean, if somebody, if you pay them at the end of the week because they've worked 40, 50, 60 hours, that's not grace. They worked. You owe them the pay. So it's not a gift. You're not being gracious to them. And yet the Bible tells us we are saved. Go to Ephesians. Read it. We need to get our eyes on it. Ephesians, the second chapter. We need some mind renewal, don't we? Ephesians 2. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 2, the Bible says, verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, somebody say mercy, Mercy. for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Everybody said out loud, by grace grace. we are saved. saved. Say it again, by grace. We are saved. saved. Goes on to say he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Keep reading. Not of works, lest any man should boast. No one has ever been healed by the power of God because they were such a good Christian. Or because they had got so many people saved. Or because they had been so kind and helpful to somebody else. Hmm? Because if they had, that would have been by their works. And if it's by works, it's not by grace. And if it's not by grace, it's not by faith, it's not a gift. They earned it. They deserved it. It was owed to them because of what they did. Can you hear that's what's going on when somebody asks, well, so-and-so was such a good person. Why didn't this happen to them? Why didn't they get this? The question needs to come up in your mind. If nothing else, you ought to hear me say it again. What does that have to do with them being healed or delivered? 
Are there needs being met? It's not by works. It is by grace. And when it's by grace, it's a gift. If it's a gift, you didn't earn it. Hmm? Who among us deserves to be healed because of what you've done? Not a one. Any more than you deserve to be born again. You deserve to be. The word saved, he said, by grace you're saved, is actually a big word. If you've looked up this word, it means a lot more than saved from hell. It means preserved. It means delivered. It means healed. When you said, I'm saved, you said a mouthful. Because you're talking about saved from what? Everything that is death and destruction and evil. Come on, say it out loud. I'm saved. I'm saved. Yeah, but how are you saved? Not anything you can earn. You can't do enough to deserve it and earn it. It's a free gift. There's been case after case. I'm thinking of one right now, another minister relayed about uh, this young person came down, this young woman came down and got saved and got filled with the Spirit and had a, a real physical problem and got healed right there in the altar. God healed them. Symptoms gone. Very serious situation. And after the service, this uh, uh, older lady came down huffy and mad with the preacher and said, uh, I wish you'd tell me something, please. I said, what? Well, just tell me, please, why, you know, that, uh, that girl came down and God healed her like that. And everybody around here knows what a sinner she's been. And how come God to heal her and he won't heal me? And you just ask anybody around here, I'm the best Christian in this church. <laughs> ask anybody. Why won't God heal me? (laughs) Could you help this lady out? What would you tell her? Huh? If, and that's a big if, you are the best Christian. If you are in this church. What does that have to do with you being healed? Do you know the answer to that? Nothing. Yeah, well, I've visited the sick and I've done this. Great, good. You'll be rewarded too. But what does that have to do with you being healed? If it has anything to do with you being healed, then you're earning your healing. You deserve a healing. It's owed to you. And if that's the case, it can't be by grace. Hmm? Romans 11.6 says it like this. Romans 11.6 in the NIV says, If it's by grace, then it's no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. <laughs> Let me read that again real slow. If it's by grace, it's no longer by works. If it were, in other words, if it were by works, grace would no longer be grace. It's either grace or works. If it's grace, it's not works. If it's works, it's not grace. Do you know how you are saved, healed, filled, delivered, blessed, protected? Do you know how? Is it by works or is it by grace? None of it is by works. 
It is all by grace received through faith. Given by grace received by faith. And so, you know, what you have done has nothing to do with you being healed. Your healing is part of your salvation. Just like forgiveness of sin. It's like being born again. It's like being filled with the Spirit. All of this was purchased and paid for before you were ever born. And no amount of your hard working or being a good Christian is going to add anything to it. That's acting like what he did wasn't enough to get it. That's insulting to him. No, I don't care if it's a person that got born again three minutes ago. Or somebody that's been serving God faithfully for 60 years. Both get healed exactly the same way. By grace. Through faith. It is the gift of God. Got nothing to do. With you being a good Christian. So the, the question that people are asking. Is fundamentally flawed. Isn't it? When they're talking about why aren't good people healed. Well what's that got to do. With them being healed. Nothing. Do you still have Luke 13? Did you ever have Luke? Would you like to go to Luke 13? i tell you what. <laughs> Just go to Philippians 2 since we're not sure if we're going to Luke or not. Just go to Philippians. I think before it's over with we'll. We'll visit Luke, but go to uh, Philippians, the second chapter. We had asked the question, you know, that people ask, why are good people sick? And Elisha, the Bible said, uh, got sick and died from his sickness. And so people say, well, man, look, Elisha's a man of God. And uh, if he got sick, wasn't healed, then why would you think? You could be healed. And it's implied that some way or another it was the will of God for Elisha to be sick. But no, I don't care if it's Elijah, Elisha, Moses, David, Peter, Paul. They're human beings just like you. Just like me. They didn't do everything right. Hmm? They were saved by grace. They made mistakes. They had some shortcomings. And, uh, you know, we're talking about respect and honor um, on those Sunday services. And this is one way that you show respect. If somebody is going through a challenging time or somebody's having a, uh, being delayed receiving something, you don't have to ask why. You already know why. Same reasons you've had problems. Hmm? And a part of way of honoring is uh, not uh, not asking questions that you shouldn't be asking. And not sticking your nose in other people's business. And uh, I've seen some people that struggled in areas to receive in the same area for uh, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And I never look at a case like that and think, well, if that'd be me, I'd, I'd have already received. Never, never. Because I've never been in that situation. Did you hear me now? I know what God can do. I know it's easy for him. I know all things are possible. And I know it's his will. 
But I also know that we're human and we just know in part. And sometimes people's faith is not mine, yours, whosoever is not what it could be. And uh, to me, it is an honorable thing if you're trying to believe. And if you're resisting it, if you're not just laying down and accepting it, that's honorable. Don't you believe God honors faith? Whether you see in all your results or not, he honors faith. And uh, don't be foolish in judging somebody's situation, what you, where you think they ought to be by now, or what they should have happened or that. If you've never been there, then you need to be quiet. If you have been there and overcome, then you understand. You know what a challenge it was. You know what the issues were. We should just be encouraging to each other. Not judging, not looking narrowly and looking down on anybody. That's, that's ignorance. No, thank God. The Bible said we're to help one another, encourage one another, and we can. Hmm? You believe that? Did you find Philippians 2? We looked at uh, Elisha, and we also began to look at a man called uh, Epaphroditus. And we shortened that to Epi. Thought he might have been called that if he lived over in Arkansas or southern Missouri. (laughs) And uh, let's read about it in Philippians 2, verse 25. He said, I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick near unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was near unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. So we talked about how that uh, Epaphroditus pushed himself past some places. He exposed his life. He jeopardized his life. And uh, apparently he, he meant well. He did it for some good reasons. Whether he should have done it exactly like that or not, I don't know. But because of pushing himself too far and exposing himself too much, I don't know if it was to the elements or to what kind of situation or if he just pushed his body too hard and too long and too far, but he about died. But the Lord had mercy on him. Now let's just stop right here. I know Epi messed up. I said, how you know? I know it. Because God had mercy on him. If you've done everything... Exactly the way the Lord told you to do it. You don't need mercy. You get by on justice. Hmm? Because you're justified. Doing what he told you to do. Hmm? And if he didn't sustain you. He'd be unjust. If he didn't hold you up. If he didn't keep you strong. If he didn't, you know, sustain you and and all you're doing is exactly what he told you to do. But no, God had to have 
mercy on him. Mercy's involved when you didn't do everything right. Just by nature of what it is. How many know it's a vast difference between do right by me, have mercy on me. (laughs) Vast difference. (laughs) When you're saying have mercy on me, what are you saying? I don't want what I deserve. (laughs) I don't want what I deserve. You see more than once people came to Jesus and cried out. Lord, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And a lot of times it mentions in the story forgiveness and healing. Doesn't it? And that's that's what you'd expect when somebody comes asking for mercy. Now we keep coming back to this deserve thing. And this is a big issue. Big issue. It's just... We need mind renewal. I'm talking about church going people. Are messed up in this area. Because they really do feel. That they or others. Deserve things. And they're wrong. You hear people all upset. Well, What did, what did I ever do to deserve this? What did they ever do. To deserve this? And the answer is. Lots. Plenty. Hold your place there. I think you need to go to Luke 13. (laughs) What did God do for Epi? What did he do for him? And that means he got healed. Now here's here's a thought here. To say that healing is not for everybody. You just got through saying mercy is not for everybody. Because healing is a mercy. God is called the Father of mercies, plural, and the God of all comfort. And did you know His mercy covers you spiritually? It covers your sins. It covers you being healed. It covers your finances. Did you know there's mercy for finances? Read 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. Uh, He talks about mercies and grace in the area of your finances. What does that mean? Well, the devil will say, well, you've made your bed hard. Now you're going to have to lay in it. You reaped it. Now you're going to have to sow it. You smoked for 30 years. Now you're going to have to pay for it. You drank and partied for 20 years. Now you're going to have to pay for it. I reckon you will, unless you believe in mercy. (laughs) But now for those that believe in mercy. (laughs) Do I have anybody in here that believes in mercy? Mercy is about as wonderful as it gets. (laughs) Mercy is why I'm not going to hell. And why you're, because, well, you sowed it, you're going to reap it. I sowed sin, and so did you. That's right. The wages of sin is death. Spiritual death. Separation from God. I sowed it. 
but I'm not going. Yeah, but you sowed it. Yeah, but I'm not going. Yeah, but you deserve it. Yeah, but I'm not going. You know why? Because he went in my place. Come on now. Out of his mercy, he took it for me. Did you know he also bore your sicknesses and carried your pains? He also took the chastisement of your peace. He also became poor for you. Did you know that? That means although you deserve to be punished and separated and sick and broke, yet by the mercy of God, you can be free from what you deserve and get the good things you didn't deserve. If you believe in mercy. If you believe in mercy. Do you believe in mercy? You have more faith in mercy? Or judgment. It's sad. That a lot of good people. All over the world in churches. All 80% of what they have heard preached. Is judgment. And so because of that. They are highly developed. In faith for judgment. And because they feed on judgment. All the time. They are themselves judgmental. And because they're judgmental with others, they get judged. And they're not surprised when judgment happens because they're just all sinners. Just an old sinner. Saved by grace. No, you were an old sinner. And then you got saved. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter how you look or feel, that's not an old sinner. See, again, people twisting the scriptures. Making it say things it didn't say. Oh, friends, thank God for the mercy of the Lord. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God for the mercy of the Lord. Yeah, but I made mistakes. It opened the door. and This happened. and You know, we didn't know all that back then. And. And we did this and we did that and caused us a problem and here we are and and we sowed it. I guess we'll just have to live with it. Not if you believe in mercy. Not if you believe in mercy. That's what mercy is. Mercy's all about what you didn't deserve. Missing what you did deserve bad, getting what you didn't deserve good. That's what mercy is. So I know Epi missed it somewhere. (laughs) Because God had to what? If Epi had got what he had sown and what he deserved, the boy would have died. He would not have recovered. So he missed it somewhere. And you and I are not going to even pick up a rock. Because we have missed it in so many places. At least he missed it trying to do something for God. Hmm? He didn't miss it being lazy, doing nothing. But did you know there are numerous people, preachers included, that have done things and done extreme things in the name of doing something for the Lord that the Lord never told them to do. 
And they encounter all kind of difficulty and then they have problems in the aftermath and get upset and miffed at God because, Lord, you know, I was doing this for you. Yeah, but he didn't tell you to do that. Yeah, but I want to do something great for the Lord. You're not supposed to go do something great for the Lord. I just want to go do amazing things for God. No, no, no. Sit down. You are not called to go out and do great things for God. You are called to be a worker together with Him. You wait on Him. You do what He tells you to do. No more. Yeah, but I want to be an amazing hero for God. You're full of pride. You can't do anything without Him. Except mess up and fail. You need to wait on Him. And then do what He tells you to do. Don't add to it. Don't go beyond it. Right? So many people have messed up and caused themselves all kind of problems because, you know. And even sometimes it's like this. The Lord told them to do something. So they went out and begged and borrowed and flopped and failed. Because they didn't wait on him to tell them it's ten years from now. (laughs) And sometimes people's heart is right. But they're just, they're too impetuous and won't wait on the Lord. Some of it's ignorance. Some of it's stubbornness. Some of it's pride. Rebellion. Now, stuff will get you in trouble. But here's the good news. (laughs) Even if you did. Somebody help me out here. Even if you did, there's something you can do. You can fall on your face and go, Lord, (laughs) oh, you tried to tell me. You tried to show me, but no, I had to do it. And I'm going to do something big. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. Forgive me. Have mercy. Do you know he will? He will. He'll even take the mess you made and help fix it. That's how merciful he is. If you'll admit you got to admit you made the mess. God's not leading people into failure. So when it didn't work, you need to quit acting all spiritual about it and just admit I missed it. Just admit I got ahead of God. Admit it. I, he, he didn't tell me to do that. That was just my idea. And it'd be hard to find a person in this room that hadn't made a mistake in these areas somewhere but we should learn and learn to wait on him don't get ahead of him wait on him it's tough on your flesh tough on your flesh and your flesh you know you you get tired of waiting and you just want to go make something just I'm going to go do it in the name of the Lord you're about to get in trouble because he is not obligated to confirm just any and everything you decide to do. And if you get mad at him because it didn't work. You're just being even more foolish. I know Epi messed up. Because God had to have mercy on him. To heal him. But thank God he did. And Paul said not just on him but on us too. Why? Because Epi's helping him. And it would have bothered them if he'd left early. But if he had a left early. He's a good man. 
He's willing to lay it all down for the Lord. How many know that should be honored and respected? Even if somebody made a mistake in the execution of it, that should still be honored and respected. We have a lot to learn about these areas, don't we? Luke 13, did you find the passage? (laughs) We've been looking for it for about an hour here, haven't we? I think we finally get to it. Luke 13. We looked at this actually uh, last week. And in verse uh, 1, it says, There were present at that season some that told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus, by the Spirit of God, by the word of knowledge, he knew what a lot of them were thinking. And he said to them, Suppose ye... In other words, do you think that these Galileans that Pilate killed, that they were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? See, people are trying to figure it out in their head. Why did that happen to them? Man, that was a gruesome, awful thing. These uh, people were offering their sacrifices, slaughtering their animals, and some way or another they got crosswise with... um, uh, Pilate, and he had his soldiers come in there and butcher them just like the animals. And of course, that would be that would have been on all the news today, and just a horrible, horrific thing had happened. And so he said, "Do you think that those people that that happened to were worse than anybody else in their area because that happened to them?" And what did he say? I tell you, no. That's not. Now let, let's let's stop and look at what he told them. These people. Uh, that this happened to were was there the reason it happened to them instead of people in that same county or people that lived in that same neighborhood why was it them isn't this the question that that so many are trying to answer today why was it them instead of them why was it them and so people try to conjecture and go ah karma yeah man they did some bad stuff you know to other people maybe in another life maybe that's stupidity I know folks don't like that word but uh, you're going to find out as we get into more of the things that the Lord's teaching us on this Sunday Say we are not supposed to be respectful of other religions they are taking millions to hell that is right that is true Oh, Brother Keith, you need to respect their... I do not need to respect their religions. They're lies. Demon spirits. Deceiving hordes of good people. Going to hell. There's nothing to tiptoe around. You understand? And uh, so they're trying to figure out, you know, why did it happen to these people? He keeps on, he gives them another example. He said... uh, they, I tell you no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. He said, are those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell? Apparently a tower just fell that nobody was expecting to fall, and it fell on 18 people and crushed them and killed them. Think about it, if that was in the news. Something happened in this place and it fell on these people and killed them all, crushed them all. He said, do you think 
that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you what? No. It's not because they had done a bunch of bad stuff worse than anybody else. Or that they deserved this any more than anybody else. We need to believe what Jesus told us, don't we? He said, I tell you no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then, as we looked at last week, he went on to teach them this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And he said to the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree and find not, find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, you can cut it down. What does that have to do with the tower falling on people? Or with the people being slaughtered as they made their sacrifice? Got to be a connection. Well, we touched on it last week. This has to do with real intercession. We need to do a 180 in our thinking about these things. Why did that happen to them? That is the question. That people get so intent and why did that happen? That is the wrong question. The question is why it hasn't happened to the other people. What do you mean, Brother Keith? He said, do you think they were worse sinners than everybody else? He said, no, they were not. But unless you change, you shall all likewise, maybe not just exactly like that, but in the same kind of way, perish. You think they were worse sinners? They were not. What's he saying? People, even people that don't serve the Lord. They have this idea of entitlement. That I am entitled to a safe, happy life. And they are not. Why are they entitled to a safe, happy life? Why? See, that is the fundamental perversion and distortion. Here's the truth. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. So when people say, what did they ever do to deserve this? Plenty. Well, what did I ever do to deserve this? Plenty. You're asking the wrong question. You ought not be shocked when destruction occurs. Can you see how our minds have been out of phase? Conformed to this world. People that blaspheme God. People that violate the Ten Commandments. That just everything that he ever said is right and despise his things. Why do they deserve a good life? How can you have a good life on this planet? Without the creator. How can you? How can you make it another day. Breathing and thinking. Without the grace and mercy of the creator. Millions don't understand this. But you can't. 
The reason you and I made it another day is because the God who created the heavens and earth has allowed it. And there are 10,000 things that coulda, shoulda killed us in our life this far. True or not? So instead of asking why did that bad thing happen, we ought to be asking how have we made it so long? (laughs) Why didn't it happen to us? Why hasn't it? And we already know the answer. It is because of the mercy and grace of God. Come on, do you believe it? And that's why he immediately goes into this passage talking about this tree, which is a type of people, a person, that has been totally unfruitful for him. And he says, why should it just keep taking up the ground? That's a, that is a spot on the earth. Why they keep breathing the air and taking up space? And, uh, and somebody stepped up and said, Lord, give it another year. And I will tend to it and we'll see if we can make this thing more fruitful. And the Lord says, okay. All right. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Say it again, mercy. mercy. Say it again, mercy. I heard people, politicians, educational leaders, I heard preachers wrangle and wrestle when 9-11 occurred. Some said, why did God do this to us? That annoys me. Talk about ignorance. Others, well, why did God let it happen? That's the wrong question. Well, why did it happen? That's the wrong question. That's why people aren't getting any answers. Because they're asking the wrong questions. The question people ought to be asking. Is why it hadn't already happened. 10 years before. 20 years before. 50 years before. It's not because our enemies didn't want to do it. It's not because they didn't have the resources or the means. Don't you kid yourself and think. It's because, uh, thank God for our intelligence community, thank God for our law enforcement officials, uh, but are you kidding? It's just too, the borders are too big. There's just too much stuff. There are too many ways in and too many ways to have catastrophic destruction. I want you to know God has kept this country and spared us year after year after year after year. So... It's the mercy of God that it hadn't already happened many times before that and many, many times since and worse. It's by the grace and mercy of God that we still have a country. Period. Period. Now, if you'll study the scriptures on the subject, you'll find that in other times that God's protection came off of people, it's because they forsook him. They worshiped idols. They broke his covenant. They ignored and rejected what he told them. And sadly that has happened in our country. There are millions of people in our country right tonight. Praying to false gods. Millions of people. Worshipping false gods. God's been removed from this and removed from that. And removed from the courthouse and the government and the, the school. And people say we don't want him. And yet, 
They want his protection. How does that work? We don't want you. Stay out of our stuff. Well, where were you to protect us? I thank God. He'll do some things just for the sake of his church. For the sake of his elect. But I don't know that is mercy. That is, we see that mercy with Abraham talking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't we? Go back there. You got time for some of this or not? Go back there to Genesis. Back to the book of Genesis. 18. Let's retrain ourselves so that we don't think like the world. Let's get our mind renewed. Don't let yourself slip back into that that reasoning with them. Well, why did that happen to them? You should not be surprised when destruction occurs. The world is a very dangerous place. Everything's messed up down here. The curse is in the earth. Sin is in the earth. Sin and death is rampant throughout the planet. Hmm? I mean, there's stuff on every corner. And really, in a lot of ways, you and I are frail. Hmm? What are you against a tornado? Or a tsunami? Or an earthquake? Or a pickup? <laughs> I mean, you, what we should realize is this is not shocking. When a tower falls on people and kills them, it's not shocking. When a bunch of people die in a storm or a flood, uh, it's not good, but it's not shocking. What we should realize is it requires the protection of God 24-7 for us to make it down here with these dangers and perils. All around. Do you understand? There's enough germs in the air right in front of you to kill you a thousand times over. There's enough stuff already in your body to kill you a thousand times over. There's so many ways you should have could have already died. You know a few of them. I said you know a few of them. Oh dear me. (laughs) When I was a boy. Brother. I visited the emergency room every summer. I got scars. Because man, if it was loud and it was fast, it could be a little louder and a little faster. And just the mercy of God. How many can lift a hand and say, just the mercy of God that you're sitting in here tonight It is the mercy. It's not shocking that other people got killed in car wrecks and accidents. What's amazing is that you didn't. That you're still here. It takes a little bit to get our mind renewed in this, but I believe you're getting it. I can sense that it's... Quit asking these dumb questions. Why did it happen? Because sin and death is in the world. Right. It's all around us. That's right. It's not shocking why it happened. Isn't that what Jesus is saying? You think they were worse than everybody? They weren't worse than everybody else. Same thing can happen to you. Unless you repent. He's letting us know. If you'll repent and get right with him. You can get some protection. (laughs) You can get some protection. 
Mm. Genesis 18, the angel of the Lord came to visit Abram. Let's look at about verse 17. And uh, he spoke to him about his personal life and about Sarah having a child. But then also before he left, he said, uh, verse 17, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Do you know that's us right now? We are the seed of Abraham ourselves. He's our father in the faith. I'm looking forward to meeting him. He said, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he's spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I'll go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come to me, and if not, I'll know. And the men turned their face from thence and went toward Sodom. Now let's just stop right here. The Bible said that the Lord is known by his righteous judgments. There is a God. And there is a judge of all the earth. How far should stuff go? How long? How far before it's judged? Didn't the Bible say, if you don't judge yourself, you'll be judged? That's New Testament. How far? Thank God it's not my call. Thank God it's not your call. We're not wise enough. I know this God is amazingly long-suffering and patient and merciful. But there comes a time when things should be judged. It should not be allowed to go longer. But Abram's got relatives in this town. And he draws near and he says, will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Let's just stop right here. The Lord said previously, I know him. I know him. What he'll do. That's why he told him. About the impending judgment. Because he knew what he would do. What's he going to do? He's going to ask him. For mercy. And he wants somebody to ask him. For mercy. Oh come on can you see this? Can you see? This is the fig tree story isn't it? Pull this fig tree up. It should not cumber the ground any longer. This city needs to go. It is rotten to the core. It's been this way. And see, we think in terms of years. God deals with centuries and millennia. And we don't know of everything that's happened in the last centuries or millennia necessarily leading up to that. And every, He's the judge. And uh, Abram draws near and he says... Uh, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Uh, what if there's 50 righteous within the city? Will you not uh, destroy and, and not spare the place for the 50 uh, that are therein? That be far from you to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from you. And how many know he was absolutely right? Wasn't he? He knew God well enough to know that. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? That's bold. Isn't it? 
But that's exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. It's exactly what he wanted him to do. So what, what did he say? If I find 50 righteous within the city, I will spare all the place for their sakes. Why? Because somebody asked him to. They asked for mercy. Oh. We're talking about a, a large populated area. And 50. Well, Abram wasn't satisfied with that because he knew about this place. <laughs> Didn't he? And as soon as he said that, he got concerned. He thought, oh, man, it may not be 50 down there. It's, it's a bad place. So he said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, behold, I've taken upon me to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. But what if we are short five <laughs> on that 50? Uh, would you destroy the whole city because we were short five? And the Lord said, if I find 45, I will not destroy. And so I guess he got to thinking some more and thought, mm, I don't think that's going to get it. He said, what if we just found 40, Lord? Uh, he said, I won't do it for 40's sake. He said, Lord, uh, don't be upset with me. <laughs> uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you again, uh, what, what if it's just 30? We could find 30. And he said, I'll not do it if I find 30. Just, just like that. Right. How great and merciful is our yes. God? Does he want to spare? Yes. Does he, see, he's the righteous judge. He has to do right. If the place deserves to be judged, he has to do what's right. He can't pervert justice for you, me, anybody. But if somebody will ask him for mercy, it gives him a right, a legal right. Because Abraham is on the planet. He has a right to ask about the, that town is right over there, not far from him. He has, he's got relatives in there. He's got a right to ask this. And God said, no, if there's 30, I'll spare the whole place. Verse 31, <laughs> this had to be a bad place. Seriously. Because I mean, we're talking about two cities and just 30 people. He said, uh, well, what if we can only find 20? The Lord said, I won't destroy it for 20. No wrangling, no hesitation. He just says, no, 20, I won't destroy it. He said, oh, Lord, <laughs> don't be angry. Let me speak just one more time. Now, some people say, well, you know, maybe he made a mistake saying I'm just going to speak one more time. But on the other hand, did the place need to be spared? Did it really need to be spared? That's something that's in the hands of God. I'm glad he's the judge. Not you, not me. What if 10 are found? And the Lord, just immediately, Lord said, I won't destroy it for 10. And yet, the rest of the story, they couldn't find ten. And still, out of the mercy of God, God delivered his kinfolks out of there. Even not wanting to go. The Bible said they're loitering around, not leaving, even when destruction is coming on the place. The angels got a hold of them. Physically. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. And even that, Lot's wife loved Sodom so much, she looked back long and then she turned into a pillar of salt and 
Sodom, they weren't just in Sodom. Sodom had got in them. But can you see the mercy of the Lord? Why are people destroyed? Because sin and death is in the world. That is not a surprise. The question is, how are some spared? And that is the mercy of God. And you and I have an amazing opportunity because of our relationship with God to ask him for mercy in situations. Don't we? The Lord said that he sought for a man. Do you remember that? To plead for him. And to stand in the gap. Anybody remember that text? I'm not seeing it right now. Come on, scriptorians. Ezekiel 22. Too late. (laughs) The Lord help me. Ezekiel 22 and 30. Well, let's back up to verse 28. I know this is a a little different. And this is kind of sobering. But, uh, you know, the Lord's been feeding us. Not just Kool-Aid and cotton candy for the last eight years. We ought to be able to chew on a little meat once in a while, shouldn't we? And and get a hold of some things that's a little weightier. 28 says, Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity, divining lies to them, said, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord hadn't spoken. Verse 29, The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery. They've vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they've oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Verse 30, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. 31, and because he found none, therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed on their heads, says the Lord God. Why? Nobody asked for mercy for him. Nobody pled their case, so the Lord had no other option in being the righteous judge. We really are the salt of the earth. Salt preserves. Salt prevents things from putrefying, rottening. You know, in these days, there were no refrigerators or air conditioning. Thank God we live in this day, If you didn't dry things out and salt it, it would rotten. And so salt was the primary means of preservation. And the Lord tells us, that's what you are to the planet. Glory to God. One of these days, he's coming. He's going to take us all out of here. And when he does, this planet has had it. There would be nothing to keep it from just completely being destroyed. But until that time, God hears our prayers. He does things for our sakes. He'll do things for the city we live in, just because we live in it. He'll do things for the state we live in, just because we live in the state. He'll do things for our subdivision, our county, just because we live there. He'll do things for the flight, just because we're on the plane. For the bus, just because we're on the bus. No, that's not thinking we're something. That's knowing 
who he is and what he is and is somebody that has faith in his mercy. He'll do things for our nation. He, ha- he is doing things for our nation just because we're here. I know a lot of people don't believe it. They don't appreciate it, but it's true. It's true. And that's one reason we, we pray around here on Wednesday night prayer. And, and at other times, why? We ask the Lord for mercy. Amen. We know. C- come on now. Uh, you know, why did this happen and why did that happen to the country? It's not shocking why some things have happened. Do you think it's because the U.S. of A. has been so righteous and done things so right that we've been so blessed and so spared and protected all these years? It is not. There's a lot of evil and junk in our land. Sadly, our country has made promises it has not kept. It's done things it didn't follow through. It has violated and broken covenants and made all kind of terrible mistakes. And if it got what is coming to it, it would not even be a country anymore. But, let's just stop right here. Some people didn't like what I said. Mother Keith, it's a great country. It is a great country. But don't kid yourself. Do you believe what we just said a few moments ago? There are millions of idol worshipers in our country. That's enough to get you judged right there. Millions of innocent babies are slaughtered on a regular basis. That's enough to get you judged right there. Did you hear me? Oh, you wouldn't have to look far. To see reasons why, why would God protect and spare this place? And all he's got to do for the U.S. of A. to be destroyed is just take his hand off. That's That's all he's got to do. And enemies would rush in from every side. We have plenty of them and they've got means, they've got ability, they've got motive. They'd not hesitate. The only thing protecting us is him. People say, well, it's our military. It's our intelligence agency. It's the, thank God for our military. We need them. God uses them. But unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that work on it. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchmen, the soldiers put on their boots for nothing. Right? Yes, he uses them, but without him, they can't do it. They're not enough without him. As, as wonderful as they are. They're not. No, no army is. Nobody is. No leader is. And it's sad that uh, most all parties involved, you know, the common thing is that if anything good happened, they want to take credit for it. We did it. We brought the prosperity. We protected. If it's bad, they want to point the other finger and they did it. The glory are to go to God. Yes. Not to this one. Not to that one. It's not true. You know, in your own personal life, your own family, don't write people off. Don't, uh, don't think, well, you know, they've messed up too bad. They've done too much. Or they're, they're, there's no hope. N- never do that. As long as there's breath, there's hope. And the God you serve is a merciful, merciful Father. I have had more than once. I have pled my case with the Lord over people and said, said Lord, I know. You have been so gracious and merciful to them. And 
They have refused you and rebelled against you repeatedly. I know they deserve judgment, but I'm asking you for mercy. Give them another opportunity. Give them more time and space to repent. Bring them back around. I know that you've shown them a thousand times. I know, I know. You've been more than gracious. They don't deserve it, but I'm asking for mercy. You know, more than once, he's spoken to my heart and said, I'll do it. Just because you asked me to. (laughs) Glory to God. That's true with every believer. Everybody that will believe him. And draw near to him and have faith in his mercy. It's available to you. Now sometimes he'll come back and say to you. No this has happened and that's happened. and this is You know the Bible talks about pleading your case. Well, sometimes he'll plead his case with you. And there are things you don't know. If you look at the whole body of work, there are times his prophets pled with him. And sometimes he'd tell them, don't ask me anymore. Because he knew things they didn't know. And there are times he'd say, no, leave them alone. They're joined to their idols. Don't ask me about it anymore. And if he does, you just need to know he knows things you don't know. But if he doesn't, so most, most of the time. It's just like this right here. Just like uh, Abraham. Lord, what if there's only 40? He said, that's fine. 40? Or what if there's 30? I'll spare him for 30. What if there's 20? I'll spare him for 20. No hesitation. What if there's 10? I'll spare him for 10. Who knows? If he'd have said five. If he'd have said one. I don't know. The mercy of God, I know, is amazing. Is amazing. Is amazing. Somebody say glory to God. Why are good people sick? (laughs) Well, what does that mean? Good people. And what does them being good have to do with them being healed? I like this. Epaphroditus. Go back, turn in closing. Go back to Philippians. Let's shout about this some more before we go tonight. Glory to God. Epi done pushed too far. (laughs) Exposed himself. His heart was right. But he obviously made some mistakes. But even if you make mistakes, that's not the end. Even if, if you mess up badly. Yeah, but they did drugs for uh, 20 years. And their mind is fried. (laughs) What does that have to do? With them getting healed. Hmm? I know of a guy. He did drugs until he he could hardly tell you his name. Hard drugs. Hard drugs. Years. And decades ago. He got to the Lord. Some people loved on him. Took him in. Like in these home fellowship situations. Loved on him. Began to get the word in him in a regular basis. It didn't all happen overnight. But within a period of months. He was thinking clear again. Then a period of more months. He began to be sharp and bright. As bright as he'd ever been. And more so. And got filled with the spirit. 
Answered the call of God on his life. Found a godly woman. Pastor in a strong church today. Hallelujah. Decades ago, just look at you like, far out, man. (laughs) Just zoning. Somebody say mercy. Somebody say mercy. I know people who was involved in sexual promiscuity until they contracted so many diseases and their, you know, doctors told them they're terminal and just got a short amount of time to live. God totally healed them. I mean, their insides were so bad, they did an exploratory surgery on them and just clamped them back together. Sent them home with pain medication. Not only did they get healed, but those insides that were mush, they conceived had a child. That child is a minister today. Missionary. Evangelist preaching in other countries. Somebody say mercy. Come on, tell me that mercy. Say it again. Mercy. Thank God for the mercy of the Most High God. I know people have made some mistakes in this room. I know people have come short. But are you willing to repent? Are you willing to really change? Then God can cleanse you. He can forgive you. He can heal you. He can restore you. Even though you don't deserve. I don't deserve. None of us deserve the good blessings of God. But we get to enjoy them anyhow. Even though you might deserve some judgment and punishment. He took your place. He took that sin. He bore the chastisement. He he took that judgment on himself on the cross. Going to the heart of the earth for three days and night. He took it. So by his mercy, even though you sowed it, you don't have to reap it. Because he reaped it for you. Glory to God. If he made some mistakes. But... Verse 27, indeed he was sick, near unto death. But come on, read that next phrase. Read that next phrase. But God had mercy on him. Say that out loud. But God had mercy. Say it again. But God had mercy. Say it again. But God had mercy on him. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.